This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because those are playmates. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into the prime to be the role models, dreams, and voices. About to show these boys how we do it. Higher, further, faster, baby. It's not about deserve. I'm not an owl! A girl has no name. There is something supernatural at work here. It's about what you believe. Did I stop on your mom? The Guardian Leviosa. From now on, you do as I do. May the odds be ever in your favor. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Caring, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, my name is Monica, and with me today is my lovely, amazing, glorious, with a beautiful top and a really nice hair, uh, co-host Amanda. And Hi. I am fabulous. Yes. Is that what you said? I am fabulous. Yes. Even if you didn't say that, I'm just going to say, yes, I am. I said that. Okay, so, good. yes. <laughs> How you doing? Alive, living, <laughs> doing the thing, <laughs> trying not to drown in work and stuff. But, yeah, um, that's not what we're here for today. We're here for cooler things and better stuff and for a bit of shouting our lungs out or something. <laughs> Don't you mean well, maybe screaming our lungs out? Yes, because we're scream queens, and the person who is with us today is Michael, because he can tell us way more stuff about scream queens. That's a very difficult word for me to say already. That's going to go places today. Uh, when you've grown up using the phrase so much, then it just kind of comes off naturally. It's just scream queens, the uh, wonderful <laughs> ladies that lead the horror films that I so, so very much enjoy, which is why I'm here today to talk some horror as well as just some general geeky stuff hopefully so always, excited always. That you're here. so maybe i could flip the script and i can ask you a question starting off cool okay uh, how do you <laughs> feel this is mainly for monica this is mainly for oh. monica but yeah, how do you feel after that lego session oh i feel accomplished i almost killed things in between but i feel accomplished it's standing next right next to me and when i have a shit day which is like a shit moment which is a lot like in the last couple of days i i, I just i just sit here and turn the thing and let mario hop a few rounds and then i'm like this was <laughs> worth it and then i go back to work it's simple things in life. It is the simple things in life, but it was quite, I mean, not complicated. I followed the guide and I lost a few few pieces, but <laughs> hey, <I'm, laughs> that's where I'm at. I have the Disney Castle one that's still waiting to be finished because my Ooh. fiance and I were building it together. And I asked her, I said, can I build this on my own or do you want us to only build it together? And she said, oh, let's build it together. And then, of course, after day one, we never got back together to do it. So it's still no. sitting in its basic form. I, I could have finished this like three months ago. <laughs> That's uh, the worst. the worst so part sad. of doing anything with anybody. Because you're like, if anything happens and you can't get together and you're like, oh, well, there goes life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is very true. Amanda and Tom both can't continue with their Simpsons right now. This is very sad. That's true. You guys could uh, watch it together and just be on the call. Like we do uh, that actually. We do that with Agents of Shield. Um, oh, okay. But it's actually surprisingly difficult to carve out an hour to like watch a TV show together. We can have a call together, no problem. But actually, like sitting down and watching an hour of TV, it seems to be really impossible for us to do that. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So. So, um, we're really excited to get into some Scream Queens with Michael. For anybody who doesn't know Michael Skarzynski, he is a for the former co-host of the Blue Recluse and Nerd This Podcasts, starting podcasting way back in something like 2016 when he joined the team. Uh, he's the current co-host of Two Nerds, Maybe More, which he does with uh, Marty Hoffman, Martin Hoffman Larson. I was like, what? How do you even say that name? There's so wow. many words. There. That was... There's just, there's just so a lot of words. Right now. And uh, what we're actually going to celebrate today, along with these Scream Queens, is Michael's release of his first solo podcast, All Hallows Scream, and the first episode released this past weekend. So congratulations, Michael, on that. That's amazing. Ooh, Thank you. Go you. I'm super excited for it. It's my first time doing a solo project, and... 
my first time doing editing and all that. It took quite a bit of time to figure out how to align tracks, add things. I'm Googling, trying to figure out how to lower volumes of background tracks and things along that nature. So it's pretty exciting to try and learn something new. I do have a large group of people around me that could help, but I don't know for better or worse. I have that American individualism uh, syndrome <laughs> that goes on where I'm like, I know that you could tell me everything, but I want to try to figure it out. I want those growing pains. I don't want the first episode to be perfect because I want to be able to look back years from now and be like, that's where I started. This is where I'm at now. And just kind of be proud of myself in that moment to say, that's the thing that I built. That's epic. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Um, because yes, you do have a great, uh, like a large circle of people that can help. Um, Michael and both his podcasts are part of Dragon Part Studio. And we help each other out with tech all the time. But I totally understand wanting to just do it yourself. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think it's necessarily an American trait. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a great trait to have. It'll take you far in life. Um, I hope so. I mean, I'm 31 still waiting for it to take me far. But um, <laughs> Well, <laughs> I'm four years ahead of you. I can't say where he caught me, but sure. <laughs> yeah. The idea, uh, the idea just kind of stemmed from we all have like certain things in life that we're interested in. And while our core group of friends may sometimes dabble in it, they may not be as serious about it as you may be or I may be. So I just really wanted to constantly talk about horror movies and watch horror movies and my fiance doesn't always want to do it marty gets tired <laughs> of me talking about horror sometimes uh so i just kind of needed an outlet for for that medium we all have our geeky outlet whether it's through geek herring or the dragon power studios network or just gaming in general so this was kind of my way of just being like i'm gonna throw myself out there i'm gonna talk nerdy about horror movies and who knows it may open uh the pathway to a whole extra group of people that maybe I didn't know existed out there through horror podcasts and things like that. So I'm pretty excited for this. I've been uh, uh, listening to Nerd This a lot when it was still happening until it suddenly didn't happen anymore. And I do remember your enthusiasm about anything horror that ever came up there. And I think it was a very great decision that you now went ahead and have had your made your own podcast about the thing that you are so excited about the nerd this podcast we covered horror movies like one episode i think it's like a halloween special or something like that i'm not sure even sure if it was a halloween thing but i just really <laughs> wanted to do it the problem was is that getting five people together for one podcast is very mm. difficult timing wise and we're all in different time zones <laughs> so yeah uh, we shelved it and we're just like you know what it's just a little bit too much here so uh, maybe yeah. we off a little bit more than we could chew there. <laughs> Does doesn't that happen often? Like in life in general? Like huh, never mind. Yeah, yeah. It's just like that was a super relatable statement. So yeah, <laughs> that's it. Goes over. Relatable statement done. Welcome. You're welcome. So watch us again next week. No, never mind. No, we talk about some cool stuff today with you because I'm really excited. What your 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 take on all of that? Yeah, so, but before we get into Scream Queens as a topic, let's find out a little bit more about Michael. Let's do that. Are you ready for our rapid fire round? As ready as I'll ever be. Fantastic. <laughs> Michael, where are you from? Chicago, Illinois, United States. And when are you a geek since? Since birth, I guess. My dad was a huge nerd in the 80s, so I grew up around it, so I grew up with a controller in my hand. Oh, what was your first console? Super Nintendo. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And you're just that bit younger that you have the Super Nintendo and I have the NES. I yeah. mean, it was in the house. It was in the house and okay. I played it, but the Super Nintendo is the first system that I can say that I actively started beating games on and completing games. And Super Mario World and The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, boom. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you say Zelda and Money's like, huh, melt. <laughs> But not back in the days. I just got into like I couldn't. Took me a while to get into them, but now I'm in them, and it's great. So great. Oh yes, yes. What are your biggest geeky influences? So you can like think books, movies, TV shows, teachers, games, anything that comes to mind from your that have influenced you uh, in your geekiness. Um, I guess I would say mainly book wise, probably. The Harry Potter series in the sense of it kind of 
it kind of helps you figure out like there may be a path out there for you, but it's up to you to either uh, deviate from that path or stay on that path or just kind of make it your own. However you want. I get that the Harry Potter series, when you look at it through an adult lens has a lot of things that could definitely be improved upon by somebody else who maybe not, who may not be the creator of it. But, um, <laughs> I love how you just said that. Cheers <laughs> to that. <laughs> But, but we can still extrapolate plenty of good things from the books. And because I read them as a kid, it just had a pronounced like influence on me. And of course, Lord of the Rings, uh, just the, the complexity of it and the idea of there's this ever-present uh, evil constantly surrounding you. And yet the small guy is still, let me not say small guy, the smaller person is able to overcome that evil and change the world around them. I think as a smaller male in stature, it was always a challenge for me dealing with that growing up in terms of body image and what a male should be in terms of large, intimidating figure. So just trying to upheave the idea of a small guy can't do this, which is the reason why I joined the Marine Corps, actually, is because everybody told me I couldn't. Uh, I was too small. <laughs> so I did it. And, and I did well. I'd like to think so. So I guess those would be my two biggest things. It's probably Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. Nice. Those are, yeah, huge influences for me as well. So on board with those. <laughs> and uh, last question, the rapid fire round, which I'm impressed is actually being rapid. Um, what are your current geeky pastimes? Um, current geeky pastimes. That's a, that's a weird wording there. Because um, <laughs> it says current, but pastimes at the same time. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming that I would say uh, video games are the thing that I'm most involved with in terms of the the geeky nature of things. When it comes to reading, I like to read a lot of fantasy, but I haven't found something that really kind of stuck with me for a bit. So video games are kind of my my jam right now, especially speaking of horror stuff today, the Dead by Daylight game, which has oh. just taken over my life this last month i'm about 60 <laughs> hours played i think right now in the last wow. month so pretty decent for somebody who doesn't play it eight hours a day <laughs> <laughs> for sure no, has well that kind done. of taken over any uh gap that diablo 3 has left ah uh, yes so amanda we had a diablo 3 group with birta and marty and it was great while it lasted but it kind of fizzled out due to just extracurricular life activities that happen as they normally do, as is the challenge with anything when you have a group. So unfortunately, it stopped a little bit earlier than we maybe initially planned it to, but we still made it work while it did, and it was a great time while it did. I had a blast with it. It was just unfortunate life circumstances meant I couldn't carry on, but maybe when life goes back to normal, we can try again. Yes, I always have a problem when I play games that I'm relatively decent at, which is I need to learn to take a step back sometimes where I get a little bit, I am a little bit aggressive when I play video games. So not in the <laughs> sense where I'm going to berate people, but I have a little bit of impatience. So I'm Ooh. working on bettering myself. I've gone back to the old uh, Marine Corps motto of know yourself and seek self-improvement. Oh, nice. Yeah, see, military Aren't, does some good things. Didn't, I think Amanda said you had spreadsheets and all for everything, for, for gear and all in Diablo? Um, It was a basic spreadsheet. It was simply... <laughs> it was a basic spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, it was like the most complicated spreadsheet ever. I was checking it all the time. Like, oh, what do I need to do? What <laughs> is this a good thing? Oh, I need to check the spreadsheet. Oh, I need to click on the link from the spreadsheet and go to this page and then look at this. And like, basic. Uh-huh. Basic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I created it. One, I always give Marty trouble because I think Marty and Dusty from Nerd This, they always used to talk about spreadsheets. Like, yeah, they're such nerds. Like, who enjoys making spreadsheets? And truthfully, a little bit selfishly, the spreadsheet idea came to me so that I wouldn't have to answer so many questions while we were playing so that we could actually <laughs> play more instead of me just constantly answering questions. It's the sign of a good spreadsheet is when you're like, just check the spreadsheet. But also, it's really geeky that you've made. Yeah, it, it is, because I had to do research on a video game to figure out all this stuff. It was simply a model so that every class in the game, the individuals that were playing, they could take a look at that spreadsheet and see what gear they should be looking for. Because there's so much gear in Diablo and you'd never know if it's good or not unless you look at an external source. So 
I just created that as a quick reference guide. It didn't have everything, but I think it had a basic template of what to find. Cracks me up still. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good dedication. One, some people have lists of villagers they find on on hunts, and you have a Diablo spreadsheet. <laughs> like each each to their own, right? <laughs> Are either of you still playing Animal Crossing? By the way. I do not as intensely because I'm looking at the shambles of my island and I'm like, what am I gonna do? But I log in kind of regularly, give gifts to my give gifts to my villagers and hope one wants to leave so I can make a villager hunt again because mm -hmm. those I enjoy. Yeah, but I'm yeah, kind of the same. I log in like three to four times a week, pick up my DIYs and uh, do whatever random like visitor is there and then it's like uh, i don't know what else to do right now i've just moved all my houses out, out to the beach um to totally remodel the whole island but i'm like i don't know what to do <laughs> yeah same issue they're all sitting there on the beach my villagers tried to clean the sand away with their brooms and all of them i'm <laughs> like you guys it's not working it's, it's always it's, gonna be there it's <laughs> rough to you but no everywhere <laughs> star wars um, reference if anybody got that <laughs> hear it properly <laughs> oh, that's the only reason why i didn't get it <laughs> you were talking about sand and i said it's rough it's coarse and, and it gets everywhere yeah, that's that Anakin line that people kind of uh, gave Hayden Christensen some some flack over, and people still bring it up whenever Sand is mentioned. What <laughs> happened to him? I have googled him once. You didn't hear any much from him afterwards, did you? He did. Uh, he did Looper. I think it oh, was. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I recall now. Some TV rom com as well, didn't he? Yeah, unfortunately, he got a little bit of a bad rap because of the Star Wars community as a whole, sometimes can be a bit, uh, as we've all seen, they can be a bit dodgy. Let's just go with that. And <laughs> they, he got berated, and because of the fan, uh, the clash against him, he didn't get hired for a lot of roles. And it's really weird that come the new trilogy, now people were clawing, where's Anakin? Why did you bring Hayden Christensen back? And it's like, where mm -hmm. were you all? Where were you all when he was getting all that stuff? Because episode three is like my favorite Star Wars movie. Uh, Revenge of the Sith is one of my favorite ones. Questionable dialogue aside, there are some questionable moments, and uh, let's say Natalie Portman has had some better, um, some better moments in her acting career. I still like the movie. So that was that was that that romance was very very painful to watch for adult money compared to fifteen or sixteen. I don't remember when it came out, but eighteen maybe. That was <laughs> difficult to watch because I watched them recently. I was like. What the fuck was going on there? Jesus Christ, that's the like couldn't be any more not romantic. <laughs> you know, my fiance and I were actually talking about this like last week, I think it was, where she was like, younger me was like had a crush on Hayden Christensen, and when he was like making the moves on her, I was like, oh yeah, like blah blah. <laughs> But she's like, and then I watch it now, and she's like, stop staring at me that way, and he just keeps staring and like. In what way? <laughs> it's, it's, so like, it's so creepy. creepy. <laughs> it is so creepy. And then no, all in all the ways, and I'm like, what? Why? Oh my god! I'm so glad we moved on from romance like this because I was not the only one during that time. Right? Was like, give see it now. Holy shit, man! Horrible. <laughs> but that's also not what we're going to talk about today because we have you on because you're a besides launching your amazing new podcast um you're a specialist about all things horror uh i wouldn't say specialist i would just okay. refer to i'm i'm a big fan of it a big fan of horror movies i grew up watching them and i just kind of never stopped i'm one of those groups of people where if i hear you say like october's coming up what horror movie are we watching and i'm like you haven't been watching them like consistently throughout the year <laughs> no <laughs> we haven't <laughs> For shame. Yeah. Yes, I am. To be a, fair, I, I, I quite like um, horror films. Uh, not ghosts. I'm not good with ghosts. Um, but horror films favorite. in general, I'm, I'm pretty, I, I like them. But Tom doesn't like horror all that much. So we don't watch that many. To me, I love the feeling of 
of being scared. It's almost like an adrenaline seeker. Like they climb the highest mountains to have that moment of just like, it is a bit frightful doing that type of thing. Or I've been bungee jumping and I'm scared of heights, but it was more of like challenging my fear of heights and saying that I could do it. It's why I like roller coasters as well. Even though I'm terrified the moment you're going up and you just hear the chain and you're like, what if the chain breaks and I just fall? What if we get stuck in the loop? <laughs> like it's just, all those thoughts go to my head, but I do it and I love it. And horror movies are kind of like that too, where I'm, especially when it comes to ghosts and things like that, I'm easily frightened by the idea and therefore I'm involved in the movie a bit more. And for me, that makes it that much more exciting. Annika's look on her face right now is like, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> like, what? Like, I've never had, never have these thoughts. And I'm like, if I'm not sure if I would do it if I had them, like, what if the chain breaks on a roller coaster? Well, haven't you ever seen, uh, what is it, Final Destination? Those movies where if it can go wrong, then it will go wrong and the people die. And like, there was the one where the roller coaster went off the rails and all the little bits and pieces started flying everywhere and everyone's just getting whacked and blood's flying all over the place. <laughs> that was, was so long about, ago. Yeah, I was talking about Final Destination with my mom the other day, actually, because we were on a on the highway here and there was a truck carrying it was big long rods of rebar and i was like oh my god that's like the log truck there was a car right behind it like it was uh um like tail tailgating this guy like the car there was not enough space and i was like haven't you seen final destination we all know how this is gonna end buddy they're not logs but that's even more dangerous that's rods of metal and my mom was like what? <laughs> I still have never gone to a tanning bed to this day because of the scene where they get trapped in the tanning bed by a piece That's of wood that just magically falls and blocks both of them from opening their things. It's absolutely ridiculous and they end up I burning to a crisp that. in there. Oh, it's such a horror trope though, isn't it? Because I that was like a, a, a very real fear for me as well after watching I Know What You Did Last Summer. Um, and like Jennifer Love Hewitt gets locked in the tanning tanning bed or not it wasn't her it was somebody else and I was just like it was a very irrational fear that I had <laughs> I'm just waiting for Monica <laughs> no I I do recall that when I I watched a lot of horror movies when I was around 15 16 or something like when I was still in school and I recall having friends over and and we were watching all of the stuff so I and but I don't remember them anymore now. Like I can't like when you tell me the story about the tanning bed, I recall and I recall the log and I recall everyone dying because death gets to all of them basically. <laughs> and that there were some actors that I liked. I remember that, but I couldn't tell you which one it was and all that. But I know I can't watch that anymore now. Like I have issues watching movies like this now. I can't handle it anymore. Maybe I got soft or something, <laughs> or I don't know. <laughs> super um, weird my biggest I... problem with horror these days is that i don't find them scary like these like you go in you're like oh this is gonna be really good it's gonna be scary it's gonna be scary it's boring as hell and i'm like oh so maybe Do you that's have an the example? problem uh yeah i watched something with tom mom and dad it was um was it the it wasn't the texas chainsaw massacre was it the new friday the 13th maybe tom can weigh in and okay. chat and let me know um it, yeah, it was one of those, and or the the new Amityville Horror was not mm. or the Halloween remake. There we go. That's what that one was, and it was just. I mean, it was fine. It was n not a terrible movie, but it wasn't scary. And I was like, I think that it was our Halloween night movie, and we were like, yeah, let's watch a scary one. And this was not scary. I think that in general, at least for me, I don't find slashers to be scary. I think I find them more of a suspense type horror in the sense of there's that ever looming presence in the background and you're just, it has like some fanfare where you get to see somebody get slashed every now and then. And you pretty much know the ending before you've even seen it because the slasher ending is very rooted in horror. And it does the genre as a whole does very little to uh, circumvent that, but rather they embrace it in the sense of the main protagonist is probably going to prevail and more than likely, it's going to be a female that prevails. Uh, it's usually the female character that is the focal point and the strong person within the film. And they're going to win, or at least we think they're going to win, and the killer is somehow going to survive or come back. 
Um, and I guess I guess it's a decent transition into the main subject of females in horror, or at least a yes. female representation in horror. Before I go, do any of you want to add anything? Because I do, I have like a kicking off point, I guess. I'm fine with your kicking off point. Kick off? I just okay. have a question, but I can ask that later because it's no, not really question, related. No, ask your question now because questions that get wait for later, they always get forgotten. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering why people in horror movies always run up the stairs um, where there is no way of getting, you know, it's not like a free don't, tactic. Then the movie would be too short. Okay, that okay, that's an answer I can live with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> um, I guess a good a good starting off point would be to admit some of the shortcomings in terms of female representation in horror movies, including some of the long-standing traditions, which I think a lot of modern-day horror movies are starting to change. This is rooted mainly in the slasher films, where the only woman that would conquer the evil is the virgin. Is the, oh. the clean one. It's a staple. I'm sure you both know that if you see a couple having sex in the woods, that they're the first ones that are going to get it. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So I think that horror has come a long way. And unless they're actively trying to say, like, yes, we're this type of film and we're paying homage to that, to just like let you know the tone of the movie, like, this is what we're going for. I think that that is a trope that is kind of like meh. Like, why? Why does it have to be a virgin that wins everything? Uh, I don't know how you both feel about that. What? what can you trope. give me a movie example that um, had that thing still? Yes. Um, if you watch, I think it's Freddy versus Jason. The, okay. the main uh, character was a virgin that ended up winning. Um, it was the girl that I forgot mm -hmm. who the actress was. And also, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. You have. Where they made? I think the first Nightmare on Elm Street was. 70s? 80, was it 70? Was it that old? Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Might have been. Wow. Uh, no, the first Nightmare on Elm Street was 84. Oh, sorry. That so, old, yes. <laughs> yes. And um, Heather Langenkamp played Nancy. And Nancy was a virgin character. It wasn't emphasized, but it was there were like little things here and there to show that she was. And I actually give the Nightmare on Elm Street credit because Nancy is not one of those characters that is over sexualized mm -hmm. in the sense of she wears just normal clothing. Um, I don't I'm not saying that I hate it, but uh, a lot of horror films will have your main female protagonist, especially in the uh, 90s and 2000 era you see lots of cleavage it's mm. that with like your jessica beal in uh friday the 13th uh that reboot texas chainsaw massacre reboot oh. sorry uh yeah she had tons of cleavage going on throughout the whole thing uh that was part of the sale uh, <laughs> so i mean to be honest that was kind of all that film had going for it <laughs> uh, yeah it wasn't that good it was um, not a great film <laughs> was there a lot of cleavage in scream i can't um, remember that not overtly like not a whole lot but i, I mean there were, were those separate characters that got stepped into the boobs and all or was that what was the other one no it was scary movie it was, it was scream. In there. yeah <laughs> but a uh, scary movie did the uh he stabbed her and then her breast implant came exactly out. i remember <laughs> that <laughs> Uh, I think like the the trope of the virgin being the one to solve the root of all evil is really rooted in purity and mm -hmm. uh, the, this concept of purity. I mean, it's I think is not necessarily solely linked to women um, being virgins because uh, what comes to mind even more is actually hocus pocus and how mm -hmm. uh, the virgin has to has to light the white candle and and oh, to get rid of the Sanderson's sisters. Um, and it's like it's a teenage boy who's who's a virgin, and it's such a big deal. And like this is the kids' movie, right? And they're talking about like how how this this guy's the virgin, and and like he's the only one that could do this, or like it's because the virgin lit the candle. And um, so I, I I don't know. Yeah, there's I I do think it might be rooted also in like mythology mythology christianity kind of situation because um like 
so the Mary v- was a virgin, right? So that's something specifically holy and something specifically great in a church setting. And in horror movies, they're constantly fighting something that's demonic or Satan kind of thing. So that's the practical opposite that they need to that fights each other and to for the good to win it needs to be the epiphany of goodness and as you say purity and all that mm-hmm. um which i guess is why they went for for that virgin situation i think that great that they did it in hocus pocus with the guy because i didn't remember that either <laughs> i think that it's really cool that you bring up the like connections to religion uh, especially in christianity especially since horror films in general at least by the christian community are shunned and seen as the yeah. uh, terrible things and you should never watch these it's so anti-christ and then you look at the undertones of the movie as a whole and they're almost like stay pure and you'll make it they're actively supporting your general idea they're just presenting it in a different way that you deem uh, negative Uh, and one thing I like about Hocus Pocus in terms of the male virgin is that every person in that movie when they find out that Max is a virgin that lit the candle their question is you're a virgin? like it's it's like that uh, like that what is it the stereotype that a man should be having sex early on mm. and it's considered weird or abnormal if they're at a certain point in their life and they haven't had at least one sexual encounter yet. Yeah. But the nineties are filled with all kinds of, uh, all kinds of things that were marketed towards kids. And then you look back at it now and you're like, I can't believe that was a kid's show. Yeah. <laughs> that is Even very things true. like you got the shows like Sister Sister and Smart Guy, uh, which my fiance has been watching, and Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World is filled with it that a lot of people just kind of forget about because you saw it when you were younger. And then when you mm. go back, you're like, I still love this show. But <laughs> maybe this was a bit above my head when I watched it initially. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was just going to say, like, I always think that there's, they put a lot of that in for parents who were watching with their kids. That's That's what I always thought was just to make them entertaining for them. There is often only so much that kids get at a certain certain age. Like with every Disney movie as well, there is always a sub story or a, or a meta story that the kids don't get when they watch it. Uh, but it's there for the parents and for, 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 for adults to, to still enjoy. Because, yeah. I mean, we all can't just watch Teletubbies and be all excited because it will fry all our brains out. Um, <laughs> they, will, they will not even be fried. They'll just turn to mush and drip out yeah. of ears. Yeah. Which would be a great idea for a horror film, Michael. Has there been anything about, like, watching bad TV that makes your brain turn to mush and drip out your ears? Because we should totally um, franchise this. I'm sure there is. I just haven't seen it. Um <laughs> But there's plenty of things where people get stuck in TVs, mm. aka poltergeist. Uh, oh, I sure. thought you were talking about the ring. Oh, uh, the no, ring. no one's stuck in the TV. She comes out of the TV. Uh, That's kind I, of that stuck one, in that the one TV. scares the shit out of me. Like I can't even think about the ring without like I'm probably gonna have nightmares tonight. It was it was a ghost one, right? So I I can't. I just can't. They scare me too much. <laughs> yeah, so, Is it a ghost? Uh, she's like a a malevolent spirit. Oh. So a lot of these stories, like especially the ghost ones that have um, when you see a female based entity is actually rooted in a lot of negative things that happened to that individual when they were actually living, which I think is part of the reason why when I mentioned it initially that like, yeah, I think there's a lot of feminism that's represented in horror. I think that it brings light to a lot of issues that a lot of women go through and that they went through in older times, because you will see like ancient spirits that it was a woman who was ostracized from her, her coven or her society or her town for something as simple as having a baby out of wedlock. So the village all saw that and they tossed a baby over a cliff or something and then she in turn threw herself over a cliff in order to be with the baby, AKA, I think that's the story behind, uh, what is it? It's the one with the two girls. They grew up in the woods uh, and the spirit is like raising them and they eventually get found and adopt and brought back to their uncle. But the spirit comes with them. Gretel. <laughs> no, Monica. No, not that one. Uh, <laughs> 
sorry. I forgot it, but it's it's really it's a really good one. I I really enjoyed that one. Uh, Mama, that's what it was called. Mama. Oh, Mama. Ooh. Yeah. Um, um, that actually makes me think about another movie that scares the shit out of me. What lies beneath? Um, mm. Which I ca- I can't watch that one because it scared me so much the first time I watched it. Um, and it was basically a ghost that was haunted because he had an affair with this girl and he killed her and drowned her in the lake. Um, and like the whole movie is about this haunting and it's just her trying to be found basically. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's totally down that concept of like, you treat a woman like shit, you know, don't treat women like shit. So have you both have seen, or at least heard of the movie, uh, the grudge, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, in actually, it's based on Japanese folklore. And mm-hmm. the idea of the story that goes along with it, I actually talked about it on my podcast episode one. The story that goes in it is that the woman, uh, she was mistreated as a kid by her parents. She was neglected and she was also bullied and stuff at school. Eventually, she got older and she got married and they had a kid. But unfortunately, he was going through their room one day and he found an old diary that she had. It was an older diary from when she was younger. And in there, she wrote about another guy that she really liked. She hadn't even met her husband at that point. But he found it and was convinced that she was cheating on him. And the story goes that he was filled with such a rage that when she showed up from work one day, he started stabbing at her when she got home and killed her brutally in front of their their kid and threw her in the attic in a garbage bag, like a large plastic garbage bag, only to be like left there and rot and die. And that's the story behind she came back from beyond because she was murdered in such a horrific and painful way. And she ended up hanging him with her hair and left him in the middle of the street. How excited you are about this. This is creepy, but great. (laughs) So she hung him with her hair and left him in the middle of the street where police found him and ruled it a suicide. So Uh it's like this idea of a lot of these malevolent and evil spirits are just those that were mistreated in life. And it's usually something super simple that in modern day life we don't really see happening as much at least depending on where you live i guess imagine that would be the case if every woman on this planet came back to haunt down their perpetrators Mm. this would so stop so quickly all the bullshit well you'd have to believe it you'd have to believe it first Uh, i think that's why i find ghost stories to be especially scary um, not necessarily because I believe in ghosts, but that sliver of me that says I can't 100% disprove that ghosts exist and therefore there's a possibility that it does exist. And I am kind of the type of person that when you hear stuff, there where there's smoke, there's usually fire, right? So it had to come from somewhere. And I'm like, I don't know the origin. I don't know. Like death is one of those things that we never really under we can never really understand at least uh, as of right now so it's just what really happens and if i get off on the freeway rather than dying peacefully in my bed do i come back do i stay on the freeway forever hitchhiking like uh there's a ghost story in illinois where a woman died or was killed after going to a dance like a ballroom dance and it said that to this day if there's a dance, like a ballroom dance, she'll show up in a very beautiful dress and she'll dance with a male and she'll ask for a ride home and she'll be sitting in the car. And at some point when he's looking at the road, she'll disappear. Oh, wow. <sighs> Maybe you should I just do a ghost stories put... podcast. Like, just tell it. <laughs> so uh, I do like to put lore stuff in there. Like I'm going to put more folklore and just like stories. Is that, that, I think they took that story up for us uh, an episode of Supernatural. I do recall that there was something like this in Supernatural. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> um, so I have a question, Michael. And I mean, I know you don't know every single horror film that's ever been <laughs> made. Um, but are there any stories about like a male ghost going back to haunt or because off the top of my head, I can't really think of any that have like a male entity protagonist or antagonist. Yes. Um, uh, I'm forgetting the name of it. There is one 
where these people, they're paranormal experts and they're going to check out this house and they are observing the house and there seems to be like this giant male figure that stomps around and tries to kill people that exist within the house. Um, That's a male figure. You could make the case that even though it's more of a demonic force, it does kind of take almost a male image of, uh, I guess, the the movie The Babadook. Hmm. Um, I don't, maybe that's just me projecting like male onto it. it. That's, I'm not perfect. So that may be it. Um, but I always saw the Babadook as a, as like a male entity, anything. If you think of the, what is it? The insidious movies you have, I think most, most demons, most demonic figures rather than spirit entities are usually represented by a male portrayal. Like it's almost always a male demon figures, like insidious, mm-hmm. the devil figure. Like that's not the actual devil, um, but it is like a devil, and the devils almost always manifest as a male figure. Um, even in the movie, uh, I forgot what it was called. It's like a B-rated movie, but there's a demon in there, and it's a male portrayal as well. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That something with like a, a strong negative presence like a demon is is more often portrayed as male rather than female because there are like a lot of female uh demons portrayed throughout history like lilith lilith um the, the queen of all demons um but there's not really like like you say it's if there's going to be a demon it's probably going to be a dude or at least some kind of male representation there um and interesting then that ghosts and more like malevolent spirits are 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 female and and presenting um and i just wonder if that's there's like a hierarchy of like males being demons have more power than than females as ghosts have less power the only thing i would be thinking there is that demons are more physical in their violence often in these movies aren't they whereas the ghosts there even though the end result is the same and like he killed the one with the hair and and he strangled himself that's still violent but they are never physical in a way where it's also like a physical kind of fight or something it's always more the haunting of the person and the psychological warfare Mm -hmm. so i think that this is twofold and I, first off, I will say that there is a patriarchal feel to the, uh, to like the layers of hell in the sense of, uh, the devil himself is said to be Lucifer, the fallen angel. And, mm-hmm. and you see multiple different versions of that, right? Like you see Lilith being the one who refused to lay with Adam. And if you've watched, uh, Sabrina, the series, uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Mm-hmm. Lilith is portrayed in there as the lover to Lucifer. And he promised her a certain position and has not granted her that position. And he still holds the power. So the idea in that show is that it is a boys club. And yes, there are powerful women, like even at the top echelon, but the male still holds the power. So I do think that that's definitely represented as a, like the male is still the, the powerful one. Um, but I th- also feel that it speaks more to the base nature of humans in general, I feel, at least in terms of general thinking, in that males are more inherently leaned towards evil tendency, mm. physicality, um, rage, and just these natural feelings that men just seem to not be able to process and handle properly therefore they are the inherently evil the demons those born of evil while Mm -hmm. the the women in the horror at least in terms of the negative entities are those that have been done wrong it wasn't Mm -hmm. in their nature to be such a way it was caused more than likely by an evil male and even Mm -hmm. in horror films where there is a it's not an entity but it is an actual person. It's usually a male person that has no real motive, I guess you would say. Like the only one that I can really think of that has a semi-logical motive is if you've seen Saw, mm-hmm. where his idea is actually a popular idea for people in their minds, which is negative people that do negative things should have negative things happen to them. 
Mm-hmm. But usually it just stays in our mind and we don't manifest it into something. Well, this individual actually went out and said, no, I'm, I'm getting you all and I'm not absolving myself from all of this, but I'm being that person that brings you to justice when the justice system won't do it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you, how uh, I, that's my thought. It's not written. At least I haven't read it anywhere that that's how it goes. But when you bring up that question, that would be my my ideas behind them. No, it makes a lot of sense. And then it makes me want to ask you um, on the flip of that, because most like slasher films or, or films following like a, a killer or a serial killer, they're all that I can think of male. The, it, the, mm-hmm. the, the big bad is, is a male like Freddy, Jason, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, are there any, any that actually have a woman in, in the serial killer role or in the, the slasher role? Uh, in the original Friday the 13th is actually not Jason. It's his mother. Really? Uh, oh. for, those for those who don't know, if you remember watching any of the Scream movies, there's the killer calls and he actually says, I have a quiz for you. And if you answer correctly, then I won't like gut you like a fish or whatever he says. And the question is, in what movie did Jason first appear? And she says Friday the 13th. And he says, yeah, you're wrong. Because Jason doesn't appear till the second movie. Um, in the first one, it's actually his mother. So oh. there's that one. Uh, maybe not serial killer, but I think, yeah, I think that serial killers in general are portrayed as male. And that is primarily, I think, based on statistics in actual life, where predominantly it's white male figures that are these serial killers. That is also interesting that it's mainly white, that they don't perpetrate, no, that they don't continue with the stereotype that it's often black men who cause, who who, who, who bring up crimes, but it's actually white male males who are the serial killers. And also they don't use black men in that regard in horror movies as much, apparently. I don't know. Do they? Well, no. Um, well, the black guy always dies first in a horror film. Um, do they? It- it's kind of a trope in the older films. In the older films, yes. And nowadays, um, I think in the nineties and early the nineties it was very prevalent, but it, it was like horror movies were becoming a little bit more self-aware where they would bring it up and you started having more uh black actors actually in the movie, their character would acknowledge it when something started going down, like they'd be like, I'm not staying at this house, the black guy's always the first one to die, I'm leaving. Uh I think one of the few exceptions is uh is it yeah, Freddy versus Jason. I think Busta Rhymes is in that one. And he survives like, <laughs> till the end. Rhymes. <laughs> yeah, he survives like till the end. Um, I think in the movie Deep Blue Sea, which is not inherently a horror film, but it's more of a giant monster film because the sharks are giant and they're killing people. Uh LL Cool J survives all the way till the end. Uh, <laughs> they paid them a lot of money, so they have to have them have them live until the end, I guess. <laughs> I mean, Samuel Jackson gets it in that one while he gives the speech, but uh, <laughs> I think it's done a little bit more to change in more recent history, where the horror genre has always been, I feel, self-aware of itself um, mm-hmm. for positive and negative aspects. But Monica mentioned how that they don't portray a lot of serial killers as being black. Mm-hmm. And I think that horror movies in general have reflected modern society in ways that if you actually look at it and observe it and analyze it, then you'll be able to see those. And it's more of like, yes, this is scary, but even the most pronounced horror film in Supernatural will be addressing something usually related to spirituality. So it's, yes, it's it may appear that it's unrealistic to us, but for people that are extremely spiritual and Mm -hmm. believe in demons and the devil and evil entities, that is a very real situation for them. Sure. It's dramatized, but the idea of like possession is one that has existed pretty much since humanity first. Mm -hmm. Uh, And admittingly, most of it has probably been a misunderstanding of psychological uh, manifestations and things like that. But somewhere there's probably some like i said there's there's a fire smoke came from it somewhere there's the whole conjuring series is based off of the stories and the written accounts of ed and lorraine warren who were paranormal investigators who supposedly did these things and yes the stories like we mentioned they're dramatized but they're all based on actual stories and 
actual accounts of things that happened. Maybe that's what makes them so terrifying sometimes because you have this kind of, yeah, there was something related to this somehow. <laughs> um, I don't know if you all have seen this, but there's a movie series that I feel is very, uh, as I was watching them by the second movie, I said, this, this movie must've been written by a feminist, whether it was a male or a female, I don't know, or anything else that uh, may be identified. It, the films every time, Think of it as it's an Indonesian film series. It's called the Doll series. Mm -hmm. um, there's the Doll, the Doll Two, and then finally Sabrina. And it's a three film series. They're all Indonesian, and they all have pretty much the same actresses in it or actors. I forget which one. Um, but it's almost like an Indonesian version of The Conjuring, where there's an evil doll, and the characters are battling that entity, and you call in the same person that tries to exercise that demon. And the reason why I say it's written by a feminist is because every single movie, the guy did something shady to bring that evil force into the situation. Not once was it like the female, it was like the guy cheated in the background. The guy brought it from the burial site or he did something. And it's every single one of them without fail. The guy was the reason that everything went wrong. Sometimes <laughs> they, and I was like, I was like, yep, this is almost like, I don't know if you've ever watched a Hallmark channel, but the Hallmark channel is traditionally like, if you hate men, go watch the Hallmark channel because they're guaranteed to be the evil person. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow, no, the Hallmark channel, Mike, is for people who love love, okay? <laughs> it's people for people who love love. love. Sure. <laughs> Whatever helps you sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> my wow. mom and I watch far too much of the Hallmark Channel when it comes to Christmas. Uh, I've seen so many of those movies, and I'm just like, "Up oh, here we go again." <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Mike, I actually feel like Monica and I could talk to you literally all day about this because I can't. I'm like, how is an hour coming up to a close already? That is true. Um, but uh, before we close up, I have two questions I want to ask you, both of you. Okay. Um, do you believe in hauntings? Yes. Like in real life. Yes. What do you mean? Do you believe that that hauntings exist, like haunted houses, haunted dolls, that ghosts are real, that they haunt and they, they, they do stuff? I mean, that might lead to me being kind of the weird optimist of in life for some reason. Like, I do think that there are, like, good kind of hauntings. Because I do feel like that, for example, my mother is taking care that not too big shit is happening to me. But I do not fear that something evil is trying to get me. So that's my positive haunting kind of thing. And I will say that uh, I kind of identify as an atheist, but it is the thought of the afterlife that makes it that I am not. If I was to go to like an atheist convention, they would probably say like, you're not a real atheist. Because, <laughs> um, atheist convention is something like that out there. That would be a big Yeah, there's <laughs> probably. Oh, there's is people. it? Yeah. Because um, I'm not religious, but I do believe that there is that there is a possibility of something beyond this shell of a life that we have. And I do believe that there's a possibility that, that ghosts exist, that there's been there's been too many, too many occurrences and weird, unexplainable things to just think that it's all merely a coincidence or invented by us. So um, I do believe in negative hauntings. And if there are negative hauntings, then there must be good as well. I have to say I'm on, I'm on Team Michael here. I also believe in hauntings. Um, absolutely. There's too much unexplained in this world. Um, there's too much that we don't know in this universe. And I think like, yes, there's good spirits helping us out watching our backs and making sure that everything is okay. Uh, but I also, I'm totally, I, th I think that ghosts exist. I think hauntings exist. And I, uh, I have actually seen a ghost. Um, so that's, that's another reason why I believe in that. <laughs> the one in your house in Ireland? No. Oh, okay. No, I was at summer camp that was on a military base. Uh, that was like uh, a base from like the, or there, there was a, an old fort as well from one of the one of the wars, and mm -hmm. um, it's now a museum. And we were going around the museum, and it was like I don't know if you've ever seen a stone fort, but they've got like they're round towers basically with like 
stairwells on the outside that are also round and we were down in the basement and it felt like super spooky down in the basement like I just felt really uncomfortable and when we were going to go back up the stairs towards the rest of the museum because I think that we got the extended tour because we were there like at summer camp at the military camp um and the stairs were like slotted stairs and you could see into the back of the stairwell and I saw a woman hanging there and like she wasn't actually there but she was there and I was like I mean I hope she wasn't actually like, there no, she was not actually there but like she was totally there it was very scary um I like shit myself um and I only know uh that I well I, I know that I did see it but I brought it up that night and like with with some of the girls in my dorm and I was like do you guys like see this did anybody see the hanging woman and one person was like I also saw a hanging woman and I was like shit and everybody else was like what are you guys talking about <laughs> um did yeah. you have a second question yes my second question for everyone is who is your favorite female scream queen um heather langenkamp for me she plays nancy in the nightmare on elm street series she's uh the nightmare on elm street was one of the first horror movies i saw and i she's kind of just been like she was she was badass to me she just kind of went in and smack Johnny Depp around when he was younger because Johnny Depp was really young in that movie. He got killed by the bed being folded up and he got sucked in the middle of it. Uh, <laughs> what a and, Yes, and she smacked him around because he had one job and that was for him to stay awake while she went to sleep. She smacked him around a little bit and then she's like, I'm going in the dream and I'm grabbing Freddy and I'm bringing him out. And oh. she just did it without fear. And if you've never seen A New Nightmare, which is the final... Friday the 13th, or sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street movie that uh, Wes Craven did where they all play themselves. Like Heather Langenkamp plays herself, not Nancy. And Freddy actually becomes the entity in real life. It's like their fears and them propagating it created the entity itself. And then it manifests itself. And he sees her as Nancy, but she's actually Heather Langenkamp in the show. So it's a pretty interesting take and she's still badass in that movie later on too. So Heather Langenkamp uh, is my top scream queen, followed by Jamie Lee Curtis in the Halloween series. Mm. Monica, I do, I do think Jamie Lee Curtis must like she. When I think of the movies, and I don't recall a lot of them, right? Like even in in the Scream ones, was was it Nev Campbell? Was it yes. her? Yes. Yeah. So so I still think that Jamie Lee Curtis was the badassest of them for me, from what as from what I recall. Um, what about yours, Amanda? You asked a question. Boom. Um, so mine is firmly rooted in 90s slasher films because they had my heart late 90s, early 2000s. And I have to say it's Jennifer Love Hewitt from the I Know What You Did Last Summer um, series, if you can call two films a series. Um, and I think <laughs> it's because she she really just didn't take any shit from, from what was going on. She was scared, obviously, because you're running around from a serial killer. But like mm -hmm. she ends up yelling at them and and being just like this victorious queen who comes out on top and um, yeah I, I've always loved her loved her portrayal in the films. I would also give a special shout out as well to Sigourney Weaver as Ridley in the Alien films. Yes, I was mm. thinking about her as well. Does an alien film count as horror? Yeah, sci-fi horror. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. A very specific type of horror. Okay, there's so many different genres and subgenres. It's uh, there are comedies that are still considered horror because of the uh, their comedic horrors. Things like the original, uh, what is it, Evil Dead Army of Darkness is so considered good. is considered horror, but it's uh, like a comedy horror. Yeah, Evil Dead is just one of the best horrors ever made. Which one are you talking about? The In general? No, the okay, I love one. the first one. Oh my god, so I still good. watch that one. Same. That girl sitting there laughing oh my god that i had nightmares as a kid because of that yeah and yeah. like yeah oh <laughs> one of it's... those movie series where the male actually is the the lead i think mm -hmm. in, the, in the horror genre so ash aka bruce campbell he's he, he kind <laughs> of made a, a real trope name of himself like a he typecast mm -hmm. as that kind yeah. of uh act, role he got playing yeah did you watch ash versus evil dead at all i haven't you should, you should. It's okay. good. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks Michael. so much for doing this with us, Michael. 
thank you for having me. I could keep going on for a very long time, but I think you will never run out of topics for the All Hollows Scream podcast. That's right. Uh, that's the newest podcast on the block. If you want to follow, please do so. Right now, it should be in the Apple iTunes. I got approved, so it might not show up for like a day or two or something like that. I'm waiting for Google authorization, but it is on Spotify. I really enjoyed being here today, by the way. It's been so much fun just being able to once again nerd out about all things horror. We enjoyed having you on as well. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much for being here. And we will see you next week for another awesome episode of Geek Caring. Bye. Bye. If you like this episode of Geek Caring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Caring and over on geekcaring.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.